Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. Good. It's a nice change of pace for you there, I think. Maybe I finally got sick of all the doom and gloom every week. Uh, (laughs) Told you, you just just succumb to the madness eventually. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything's a mess and uh, everything's uncertain and horrible, but yeah, I'm feeling fine. I'm doing the things I enjoy and I'm trying to, when not being at work, enjoy myself. So that's the main thing, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm just trying to find as much joy as I can. And that today has manifested in the fact that my partner and I have bought a new vacuum cleaner. Oh, sweet. And I I spent (laughs) two hours when I got home from work this afternoon uh, just hoovering my house. Nice, that sounds like a fantastic use of time. Turns out our house was absolutely filthy because the hoover we had before was like quite a nice hoover, but it had broken quite a while ago. And we just assumed it was working. Yeah. It was not. Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Our carpets were dusty. Uh, and now that's cleaned. And I spent two hours hoovering, and it's probably the most fun I've had in the last month. Nice. <laughs> it was just really satisfying, like cleaning everything. It's like it's a really powerful hoover. Uh, we got it on a good deal because loads of places are selling things really cheap at the minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, honestly, it's one of my favourite purchases I've ever made. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been really good. Uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 what this whole situation boils down to, right? You got to find joy in the little things. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And those things for me were hoovering my entire house, and it's been great. Good. And I've thrown away a disgusting amount of filth from my carpets. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. I I also, since we last recorded, have uh, maxed out my World of Warcraft character. Oh, nice. What level are you now? One twenty, which is the current level cap. And now I'm just grinding through the endgame content. Nice. And that's almost exclusively what I've done with my time. So I'm very prepared to record an episode of a Magic the Gathering podcast. As always. As, as always. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just it's just what I've been doing. Yeah, I mean... I've got it's something, a bit of a str- something to show for my time, right? Kind of. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a bit of a strange time as far as magic goes. I think everybody's well aware that it's, it, it's just weird. It's like there are... There are still ways to engage in magic, and you know, we've we've been through them on the, this podcast, and we're seeing lots of people do them regularly. But it's definitely just not quite the same as you know going to your store and doing a draft and playing face to face in in person. It's definitely very different. Um, like everybody's been playing Icoria for like the past two fortnights, but it isn't even released for like another two weeks or something officially. Anyway, yeah, 14th, I don't know. Friday, it's, Friday the fourteenth. It's so strange. So strange. Yeah. Yes, I've, I mean I've got um, I've got a couple of, of boxes on order which I'm excited to crack despite the fact I won't be able to use those cards for months because opening packs is fun. I've made some pre-orders for the commander sets. Yeah. So that's cool. So that'll keep me occupied for an afternoon while I find out where those cards are going to fit in my current commander decks, and then I'll probably not think about magic properly for <laughs> <laughs> a considerable amount of time. It's just just hard when like I'm, I'm I've said many times in this podcast I'm just so heavily invested in paper magic and have no real interest in digital magic outside yeah. of just passing the time and I think that's why I played arena because I, I did get into arena I get into arena for like stints you know I'm like yeah. oh, I'll just play this for a while and I'll do loads of drafts and stuff and I got to like uh, platinum on draft one one month um, 
and it's just it's just like it was something to pass the time and now I, I I have filled that with World of Warcraft. <laughs> um but I mean that's the thing, like I'm so heavily invested in paper and have no real interest in pursuing digital magic outside of when vintage cube is up, basically. Yeah. That it's very hard for me to find ways to get excited about magic. Like I've built my Zerda deck, one of the the, the the Boros Companion. I've built that in paper, that's sitting next to me. Sans literally is just a Zerda. And yeah. uh that's been about it, honestly. So, <laughs> hope this is the content you were looking for. Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's very much just been, uh, yeah. I think I've turned down the magic interaction a bit. I've been playing arena um, quite a bit. I guess an update from last week. Turns out, no, I did not make mythic. <laughs> so close, cl- closer than I've ever been. I got stuck in in um, in diamond one. Like what were you? Two, what were you playing? Uh, so I very, very quickly ascended through through the ranks with the Rakdos Sacrifice deck, and then like about a day later, that deck was completely unplayable because everybody figured it out, and were either playing it themselves, they were playing a better version, or they were playing a deck that beat it. So from there um, to I guess level up through Diamond, I jumped into uh, the Yorion uh, Doomfatul deck. Like the Esper eighty card Doom foretold. How which dare you! I thought it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Sure. Um, it did did quite well for me. I think it seems to be like okay against quite a few of the of like the top tier decks. But that dial, that style of deck, that Dance of the Man's Doom foretold deck, is is something that I've played for I guess quite a while now. As long as those cards have been legal, I've definitely attempted to play some variant of that deck. So I think. My knowledge of that deck and my experience with that deck definitely definitely helped me get some wins. Uh, and then since then, I've just been sort of jumping around a bit. So I played uh, the Bant Ramp Yorian deck as well. I've been playing the um, uh, the Luca Jeskai Fires deck too, that deck which plays really Yorian sweet. too. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it just seems like, especially based on all those things you just said, that Yorian is kind of a menace. In the it's, currently? it's pretty good. I mean, most of the companions are well, not most of them, I guess. There's like four or five of them that are are very good, and then the rest just just are kind of unplayable. Um, yeah, like Yorian is fantastic. Like Lurus is probably just the best one as far as holder formats go. Like we know this now, Lurus is the best one, and it's probably going to be banned in Legacy before it's released in paper. Um, I think that Garud has been seeing some massive play on arena as well like arena best of one that is possibly the best companion uh, that deck is, is fantastic it, it's very fast and can just just win on turn four uh, and then also karuga the macro sage is also very good because just fires decks play it because fires decks don't want to play anything that costs less than three anyway so i think they're all having like as far as arena goes as far as standard goes they're all having like a a decent impact, um, yeah. And my opinion on them hasn't changed. Like they're they're fine and standard. Like they're they're obviously very good and standard. And I think they've grown on me a bit in standard. Like I'm I'm quite happy with them. Like leave them there. That that's great. That's fun. That's something interesting and different. Uh, but yeah, if we could just delete them from the rest of the magic, that would be quite nice. I mean, there's a lot of things that I wish we could delete from the history of magic. 
And yeah, me too. Uh, how many times can we say that all of them were printed in the last eighteen months? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a shame, and I th- I wish there was a super ban for magic cards where we could just you know, men in black start wiping from our memories forever. But absolutely. Unfortunately, these cards exist, and we must live in the world in which they exist and engage with them accordingly. And yeah. I guess the way that we're going to engage with them from here on out is just complain about them forever. But yeah, complain about week. them where where applicable and ignore yes. them <laughs> wherever possible, uh, which yeah, is what we're going we are going to do this week again. Yeah, let's talk about literally anything else, please. Absolutely. So I think again, we don't want to be all doom and gloom, so we're going to try and try and curate our content to be more positive or, or a bit more fun I guess we want to explore some 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 more interesting ideas rather than just going oh Loris is bad uh, companions ruining magic uh, magic is dead let's change it up a bit so we've got a few, a few interesting topics we're going to talk about this week so first up I'm going to say uh, now that Godzilla is on magic cards that really opens up so many possibilities. We have so many doors opened up for what can be done with magic now. So, Wizards of the Coast are coming to you. They're asking you, hey, we want you to introduce an IP and another intellectual property into magic the same way or similar way that we've done with Godzilla. How would you do it? And what would you choose? See, the way that you're wording this suggests that Wizards of the Coast care in any way what me or any of the other players think about the game. Just just play with me in this space. <laughs> <laughs> it's what, nine minutes in and I've already disagreed with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if I was going to introduce something, I, I think this is kind of difficult for me because I don't really want to introduce anything because magic is magic and I don't think it should ever touch any other intellectual property. And I think you agree with that, right? Yep, I, I, I do, definitely. Um, you know, I love Godzilla, I love magic, but, yeah, keep the... Keep the the beans and chips separate on the plate, please. The beans and chips. Yeah. That's gonna confuse anyone listening to this podcast that isn't English. <laughs> <laughs> also, why would you separate them? The chips getting soggy from the beans is the best bit. Oh no, I can't be dealing with that. Can't be dealing with that. But do you have them completely separate? Do you yeah form some kind of barrier, or do you just separate plates? Oh, same plate, same plate, just each as food item, keep it separate, unless it's like, I don't know, like a pizza, or, I guess, or like a curry or something, or some sort of stir-fry. Um, yeah, if it's if it's like a Sunday dinner, then let's have everything can have its own segment away from each other. How big are your plates? Sizable. <laughs> big enough. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, we'll move on from how big <laughs> <laughs> Just further alienating... Loads and loads of our listeners <laughs> with niche references to things they don't understand. So, yeah. So how do you feel about the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre? <laughs> is the IP you want to introduce to Magic the Gathering Alan Partridge? It is now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Alan Partridge on Magic Cards, to be fair, yeah. would probably make an exception for specifically that. Yeah, what? rather than Fibble Fib the Lost, Michael yeah. Geordie, that would be great. <laughs> Oh well, no! You could have it. We smuggle, smuggler's copter, but it's Michael in his helicopter. Just <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, please go oh, on the let's, phone. Let's yeah, please, please take the wheel. Oh, Drive this bus back and course, please. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! What colour identity would Alan Partridge be? Just red, right? So, yeah, probably. Just pure chaotic energy. Um, do you? <laughs> 
Do you have a serious suggestion for what IP you'd like to see in Magic? Um, relatively serious, yeah. So I was having to think about it when I proposed this this question, and I thought, what are what are things I like? Like, what are my hobbies? What are things that I like um, that would would or could fit into into a Magic set? Um, you know, similar to to the Godzilla thing, really. Uh, and I guess my my other biggest passion other than Magic the Gathering is professional wrestling. And I was thinking, well, how how could I translate that to to magic cards? How could we make that be a thing in like a cool sort of thematic way? And then suddenly it came to me, what if if so I could go back in time and introduce another IP into magic, we jump back in time to War of the Spark, and War of the Spark has all the art planeswalkers and it's it's thirty six different professional wrestlers as alt art on the cards, and the theme is that it's it's the magic royal rumble. So typically, in a royal rumble match, you'll have like thirty or forty wrestlers all in one at a time. <laughs> so, when you proposed this question to me, I immediately thought Joe's going to pick wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> um, I didn't ask because I wanted to be surprised, and of course, you've picked wrestling. Yep. Um, I, as soon as you said it, I was like, no, that's going to be terrible. That's an, that's an awful idea. And now that you said specifically all arts for the Planeswalkers and War of the Spark, that actually sounds really great. Yeah. That yeah. sounds really good. The first thing that came to mind, I thought, oh, like, but how would you, how would you do it? Like, who, like, which wrestlers are you going to pick? People are going to complain. Like, you know, if there's one group of fans that loves to complain more than magic players it's just wrestling fans definitely you know nobody's going to be happy with this how could you do it and then suddenly i just thought oh 36 planeswalkers in a royal rumble the 36 planeswalkers in a royal rumble fantastic let's let's do that um so yeah i figured you could just have like just a, a smattering of of everybody's favorite professional wrestlers throughout the the history of wrestling stick them on different planeswalkers and you could have vince mcmahon as nickel bolus that's quite fitting, actually. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't run through what each of the planeswalkers like who they would be, but I think I think I might do that on Twitter if yeah, someone wants be, to check out my Twitter. I think I'm probably going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to have a think about that after we record it and make a make a nice comparison list on on Twitter. Definitely. Please, absolutely. Check thread with, thread with images and stuff. It, it's going to yeah. be great. I'm definitely yeah, going to do that. Check Peach Gardner on Twitter because there will be a thread of all the planeswalkers <laughs> and more of the spark and which wrestling personality they'd be. That. <laughs> She sounds like some engaging content. I look yeah. forward to reading that. A great way to spend <laughs> I mean, all of your free time. I guess the free one you can have is is that um, Chandra Nalar would be Becky Lynch, uh, given that Becky Lynch's old ring gear was based on Chandra anyway. Yeah, all right. So there we go. Have some, some nice engaging content that everybody can relate to from me. This We're just getting more specific as it goes on, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> what other really niche thing can we talk about that will just confuse listeners? I don't know. Do you want, did you have what what were your thoughts when when I proposed this this question to you? Could did you think of anything that you would that you would want to introduce or or could be introduced in an interesting way? I just think I think the way that it's going now and the fact that Godzilla technically appears on blackboard cards yeah. I can imagine them going back to the silver border ones they've done. So Transformers yeah. and My Little Pony and just doing those as actual blackboarded alt arts for cards. Yeah. And like doing it properly, right? Instead of just like inventing a card for Grimlock or whatever. You yeah, just have definitely. like 
altar and like maybe we i mean you know if we're going back to mirrodin sometime soon we assume based on the story you could just have like artifact creatures that are transformers yeah Um, and you could you could definitely make a crossover with like the way the cards work right so you could go back to double face cards and have you know like a vehicle on one side that transforms into into an artifact creature and you could turn those into transformers and yes, that's, definitely. that's already a Hasbro IP that very easily slots in and something they've done before and it's something that was quite popular in the Silver Border yeah. uh, in, in, in the Silver Border release yeah that's I guess that question aside as well I think that might be quite a cool idea um, but if we if and when we return to Mirrodin or Mirrodin style playing have yeah double faced cards and have, have one side be an artifact and the other one be an artifact creature that would be really cool yeah, and then I look forward to literally one person going on some kind of social media site and complaining about how they're leaving magic because of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's why. See, this thing I don't, I don't I don't particularly like any of the things they're doing in, in in this in this realm. Really, like the the Godzilla cards and anything like that. Yeah, they're not for me, but I don't really care. People like them and they make wizards money, so that's fine by me. And people enjoy them. Um, but I do live for just the one person that goes on a massive rant and everyone just laugh reacts it. <laughs> no one particularly cares about their opinion because they're leaving Magic the Gathering because of promotional cards. And yeah. if you want to do that, then please feel free. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's that's something that, like I think would be. I don't particularly care about Transformers, um, and like I said, I don't particularly like introducing IPs into Magic. But I mean, it's a. I, I would enjoy seeing them tackle that and see how they could fit it yeah, in because definitely. it seems like they've managed to fit in Godzilla quite well into the, how it fits in in a Magic sense and making. Yeah, I, I agree there, definitely. I think, like, uh, obviously on some of the cards you've got things like fighter jets and helicopters, which seem a bit strange, but I think everybody's kind of used to the way that the art looks on the cards now, and they don't function any different to magic cards. But as far as, like, the like the monsters, the kaiju themselves go, I think they are a very good fit, especially for Ikoria. Yeah, they, they, work, they work really, really well. Um, you know, they're, they're cool designs, and you know they've made a magic card feel like Mothra, right? Yeah, which is still you know it's impressive in any kind of in any kind of sense. So I, I mean, it's not for me, but I like it. So if they were to do something like that, or if they were to do the wrestling thing, I think that would be sweet. Uh, but I don't think it would go down as well as Goji- like like you know Gojira cards and, and yeah. kaiju's, right? Because you've got you've got to have something. I think if you're if you're tasked with that, you've got to find something that's kind of universally, sort of at least acknowledged. Yeah, totally. Because everyone knows, everyone knows what Godzilla is. Everyone vaguely knows what Mothra is, and and you know, all of all of the the characters from Godzilla, and most people are aware at least a bit of My Little Pony yeah, for the right or wrong reasons. <laughs> and most people at least know what Ultimus Prime looks like. Yeah. yeah. So like, fine, right? Yeah. No. You've definitely. Got pick, you've got to pick something so, like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely something that has some sort of like universal appeal, and yeah, I definitely think that. That that's a good shout. Transformers are Meriden. Transformers are Meriden. I could see it happening, yeah. and I could see this like because they stopped with the masterpiece series, right? Because they didn't want to overdo it, and I could see potentially, this kind of yeah. And they they you know did it every other set or whatever, and I could see this filling that slot where every other set they they pick something to tie in just to make some hype around the game, so they can do some adverts with, you know. A picture of Megabots on them, yeah, right. <laughs> and they can just like <laughs> spam the hell out of social media with these things to try and sell magic to some people that don't play Arena yet. 
Yeah. But could be because it's a thing with Hearthstone. Like Hearthstone adverts are everywhere. But you kind of have to vaguely care about the law that they're trying to push, or at least find it engaging. Whereas more people are going to find Transformers or Godzilla engaging than random fantasy world that has been made up that you don't yeah, really have a vague awareness from pop culture. Yeah, or don't have any nostalgia for because it wasn't around when you were a child. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't really know Transformers apart from like the Shia LaBeouf films. Yeah. That's disheartening. Yeah, but still, they are, they're an absolutely massive film franchise. Um, so yeah, I think you, you can't really doubt the, the just the universal appeal that Transformers has. There's going to be people that are able to vote and drive cars whose Godzilla film is the one with Brian Cranston in it. When you say Godzilla, yeah. that's what they're going to think of. I mean, rather that one than uh, Godzilla 98, to be honest. Yeah, but when you saw that when you were like six years old, that was the coolest thing you'd ever seen, right? <sighs> Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I mean it wasn't it the coolest cool thing. Godzilla stuff. Godzilla oh, in that not, movie not was cool. really. It didn't... I mean, I, I remember being specifically upset because Mothra wasn't in it, but that was just me at that age. That is very much um, just you. That's yeah. you at this age, don't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't try and play it off. I mean, you know, that Joe Marica song's a banger, so we can we can keep that. That was good. <laughs> sure, yeah. That's the best thing about the, the Nightyear Godzilla movie. Yes, the, the soundtrack. Yeah. Song. <laughs> good job, whoever produced that film. Warner Brothers, I assume. I, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Disaster of a film. But yeah, that was, yeah. I need to go back and watch it now, because I don't remember it being that bad. But then again, I was a literal child when I last saw it. Uh, it was... It was it was pretty awful, but not in the way that some of the like the old Godzilla movies are awful at times. Um, it just they just don't have that like I don't know that like low budget campy charm that some of the some of that classic like you know man in suit Godzilla films have. Instead, <laughs> it's just Matthew Broderick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Critically acclaimed, universally loved actor Michael Roderick. Yeah. Right. I mean, sure. Go back and watch. <laughs> go back and watch it and report back. It's, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I can carve out some time in my day to watch a film that you've just said is terrible. That seems like a really waste of my time. Should we just just put it on when you're next hoovering? <laughs> in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Should we very quickly move back to Magic the Gathering? Let's go over it. Let's get right back on track. And the other thing that I proposed to you this week was secret lairs are all the rage, aren't they? Seems to be like one every I other week now, or one every week. I wouldn't say all the rage. There are certainly a well, lot of them. I'd say there's certainly a lot of rage as well. That's a good joke. Yeah. All right, continue with your point. <laughs> <laughs> so the other question that Wizards of the Coast proposed to you is that you've been asked to design a bunch of secret layers. You can do whatever you want of them. Obviously, sticking to the the current reprint rules, so no, you know, reserveless cards, and no, just like, you know, every one hundredth secret layer contains a hundred dollar bill. So you can't do anything stupid like that. But yeah, current rules in mind. What would you do? How, what would secret layer as designed by Sneal look like? So I have one that I think would actually be good. Yeah. That I don't think it's just good because it's something that I want to see, but would actually be enjoyed by a large portion of the magic community. So I would propose, and obviously this wouldn't be the name, I'd create some ridiculous flowery name to go along with it that doesn't really make sense. 
secret layer ramp. Yeah. Right. So I'm going from it. So the the most successful secret layers, generally, are the ones with like foily old art commander cards, right? Yeah. Those are generally the ones that sell quite well and people actually want. So I'd go for a ramp one, printing some cards that are easily accessible, but in a nice new art foil, and some cards that haven't had a foil reprint. Yeah. So you could have stuff like Cultivate, Okadama's Reach, Hour of Promise maybe. So green spells that put lands into play because they're universally played in green decks and commander. Yeah. And they're just, if you're building a green commander deck, you put these cards in. You have Hour of Promise, Cultivate, maybe like a Scapeshift or something. Like a different yeah. Scapeshift. And then you could specifically reprint Nature's Law, which hasn't seen print since the Jewel decks and doesn't have a foil art. And Free Visits, which is currently like a $200 card, because it was only yeah. Kingdoms. But it's not on the reserve list, it's just an incredibly old card that there are very few copies of. And it's just a copy of Nature's Law. It's exactly it's, it's functional Nature's Law. But yeah. the cards just physically don't exist because it's from Port Three Kingdoms. Yeah. So you could print those cards in a sweet, warped, Pringle-looking foil. <laughs> and you'd sell a lot of them because commander players would want to own them and would probably multiple, yeah. co- multiple copies because they'd want a couple of copies of three visits for their green commander decks right yeah definitely like you charge like what 39.99 for the box and like anybody who might have ever looked at that card ever is going to buy it at that price because they see that and go oh it's not 200 dollars. it's like 30 dollars. that's great that's value i'm gonna buy that yeah exactly it's it's a way to kind of reprint three visits but in a way that yeah. doesn't in any way touch the Three Kingdoms price. Yeah. I don't think. And it also introduces a foil into the market because Commander players love foils, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you also get to do the same with Nature's Law, which I literally can't believe hasn't been in some kind of Masters product at some point. Yeah. It seems absurd. That's it. Like, I assume it would have to have like brand new art as well, um, given that I think a lot of the artists that they used for Three Kingdoms, just they don't have the rights to their art anymore. Yeah, they weren't or like... they don't have like working contracts for those artists. Yeah, because they were just a bunch of... like. I don't know, like, random Chinese artists that they'd found that didn't explicitly work on fantasy games. Yeah. They're not, like, people that they keep on portfolio, right? They're just people that they got together for this specific set. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that it's a problem with, with reprinting a lot of older cards. and It's one of the reasons why you see older cards with, reprinted with new art is that they just they don't have the licenses or the rights to use those bits of art anymore. Um, but, yeah, as, as far as I'm aware... They don't reprint Portal Three Kingdoms cards with the original art, but I, I could be wrong. No, well, the one I can think of is uh, Imperial Seal, right? Oh yeah, I am wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. But I mean, uh, it's probably quite difficult. It's probably easier for them to commission someone else and pay them something than to try and track down the person that did the old art that doesn't in any yeah. way match with the current art direction. Yeah, but that is true. I think that'd be a sweet one. I would buy probably several copies of that if they made it. And it would cool. probably hold the value, because a foil yeah. nature's law is probably quite a desirable item to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Cool, so that's my good one, and it's going to get cool. worse from there. What's your first one? Uh, my first one, it follows quite a similar line to yours, uh, in the fact that it would be reprinting a card from a portal set. Excellent. Is it, so my first, can I guess what it is? My, yeah, of course. No, I don't actually know. Cool. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, it turns out I'm actually wrong as well. It's not a Portal set. It's it's Starter 1999. That's what I thought it was. I was going to say Grim yeah. Shooter, and then I was like, no, that isn't from Portal. That's from Starter 99. I don't know. I'm just off on one today, tonight, I think. I think, like... Is it Secret Lair Grim Shooter? It is Secret Lair Grim Shooter, yeah. That is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, literally just just what my first one would be here. It's 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 just Secret Lair Grim Shooter. I don't have a cool, fancy name for it. But very much like 
like the bitter blossom uh, style thing we've seen. It's it's just a single non-foil Grim Tutor. Give it some fancy new Seb McKinnon art, and anybody and everybody that plays Black and Commander will just snap it up. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think I mean you have like two versions of Secret that kind of right. Yeah. You have like, the cards, and then you just have like we're going to sell you this one card because you want it, <laughs> and it's yeah. a desirable card that's hard to get. Yeah, like, like you, you want this card, and you won't buy it on the secondary market for two hundred dollars, but you will buy it from us for fifty dollars. So. There you go. Yeah, and we couldn't possibly give it to like you know the judge program or the judge academy for a promo for them so that they get some kind of kickback. We're just going to sell it direct to you because you idiots will buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to try and not be too cynical while we're doing this, but no, I. I Joe, if I you don't want agree. cynicism on your podcast, don't start a podcast with me. <laughs> 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 to be fair, you weren't to know that going into this podcast because you barely knew me. But now, don't complain well, about the cynicism. I know not to invite you onto my uh, onto my Alan Partridge podcast now. Then please, can we can we just do like a Alan Partridge says that I watch along, like a stream? Oh, please, yeah, that would be excellent. I would absolutely do that. Yeah, same. That would be fantastic. I've got a three day weekend coming up. Sweet. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that'd be uh, that would. This thing, I don't think I'd like that. I don't like them. Because I, I could see them doing it the same with, like, had they not re- reprinted Imperial Recruiter, them just doing that with yeah. Imperial Recruiter. Oh, this yeah. This is the card people want, so we'll just give you this non-foil Imperial Recruiter with new art that you can just buy from us for 50 bucks. And it'd be yeah. fine. And it's the, be the same with Grim Tutor. I think that fits the brief well in that's, that that's something that Wizards of the Coast would probably do and sell. Yeah, definitely. But in terms of something I would buy or want to exist, <laughs> that's probably the furthest thing away. Yeah, I'd much rather this appeared in a master set or some sort of uh, you know, must, must, masterpiece in a standard set, but that's not going to happen. It could possibly feasibly be reprinted in a secret layer, so there we go. I think it's a, it, you're right, it's a good way to solve those those issues of cards that need reprinting, but yeah. are just a bit a bit fiddly. Yeah, I mean, if, if that came up in the next batch of secret layers, I wouldn't bat an eyelid out, absolutely. Yep. Sweet, right, my next one. Easy one to fill. Secret layer burn. Nice. So you do like the premium deck series Fire and Lightning, is that what it's called? Yeah. You just print like a lightning bolt and a lava spike and a chain lightning in a little pack of like three, three, four or five cards and then you sell it to burn players like they did with the dredge one, right? Yeah. And I liked that one because it made sense and, and they don't really seem to have revisited that where you just print like three cards that fit into an archetype that you yeah. can just buy four copies of this and just have it and put it straight in your deck with new art. It's an easy seller, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know you do the the horrible Watsy bastard thing of making the three cards slightly less than you would get those three cards individually on the secondary market, and just make all those people buy those cards, right? Yeah, you make them nice full art foil versions or something, or have yeah a really popular artist like Seb McKinnon do the art. Like Seb McKinnon lightning bolts would be amazing. I'm sure you'd find a fantastic way of doing it. Is this podcast sponsored by Seb McKinnon? No, but he's <laughs> uh, he he just he just has a way of uh, of making fantastic promo art, and yeah, yeah I just right. think like some Sebmakin and Staples would, would be great. Sebmakin Lightning Bolt would be yeah. incredible. Yeah, that's what for you. You just do secret layer Sebmakin. Yep, and you. Just I wouldn't get... be surprised if if that isn't a thing by the end of the year. Yeah, you just get like some iconic cards that he's done, or some new cards for him to do, and just print them, and it's just him as an art series, like they tried to do with the Serum Visions. Yep. Where they tried to like these three different, like four different weird art styles, and we put them all on this. You just do one artist, and you could just do secret layer artists. Actually, that would be a really cool idea. Like yep. secret layer artists, um, we got like secret layer Kev Walker, 
and it's just there may may or may have not have been something like that uh, on the table at some point that I, I can't <laughs> that I can't discuss that I have had have discussed with magic artists that have signed NDAs. What? That's all I'm going to say. I'll tell you off the podcast. That is absolutely more information that you should have divulged. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll tell you off the podcast. <laughs> it's not very. It's not very exciting, but yeah, um, that that's definitely a cool thing that could happen. Yeah, you just you just get artists to do like five arts for like different cards, and then you sell them, and then you get to promote that artist, which you know Wizards of the Coast are historically very very bad at doing. Like you know, one of one of the lifebloods of their game is the art and the magic cards <laughs> that you know they used to promote all their stuff and, and put on the cards, and people really connect to them because of their art. You get to you know do, do promotion for these artists, and you, you release yeah. like ten at the same time, and like you just have loads of different artists doing it, and I think that'd be a really great way to do it. And I'm excited to find out that that's already happening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk off air. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, am I going to get someone from Watson knocking on my door? Nope. No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to receive a horrible email mid-recording this podcast, telling me to stop recording immediately? No, it's it's nothing too exciting. But uh, yeah, just like they constantly like they obviously they try they try things all the time. Like there are so many projects and things that we don't see go on, but but you know some some artists and, and concept designers and concept artists obviously have involvement in these projects and can't talk about them but sometimes they, they let them slip in in conversation or or say things like oh yeah we were planned to do this but then that never happened or oh this might be in the works but yeah as, as far as i know the thing that i know that was going to be a thing is not going to be a thing we'll talk off air this is just frustration in the podcast Sure. <laughs> Where we just bring up either people, things people don't know about in any kind of way, and then talk about them for three minutes, or just talk about things we literally can't talk about, so they're just left hanging completely. Yeah. What a great episode. Cool. What's your next secret lair idea, Joe? My next secret lair. Uh, this one is ancient artifacts. So this one, uh, I, I sort of struggled to think of of cool artifacts that might be relevant that people would want, um, because. I'm not a commander player, uh, but I'll give you my list. <laughs> so we've got Walking Ballista, Hangerback Walker, Chromatic Lantern, Arcane Signet, and Ether Vial. Uh, they, it's a reprint of those cards, but they are done in the old brown border style. Ooh, so artifacts used to be brown. You give them some with like the old text box, the old formatting, the old brown artifacts, and maybe some like old old school slash old style art as well in there. Like they used to do with promos. Yeah. With the Noble Hierarch and the sort of Fire and Ice and the Barb and whatever. Yeah, just like that. I think it would be a really cool collection of, of cards to see done like that. Um, I think Aether Vials especially would be cool to have like a play set of those in your your Vile deck. Um, and yeah, Arcane Signet is the, the newest one there. Everybody's new favourite card. Having that in like the throwback old style might be quite interesting. That would be really sweet. I'd re- I mean, I really want them to return to that anyway. Just like yeah, one-off promo cards, like GP promo cards to do in, in that style would be really, really sweet. Or like one of the Judge Academy promos to be in that style would be really, really sweet. Yeah. Because they're just, they're just such cool items, and I don't think enough of them exist. And when you see one, you think it, it's just really, really cool. Yeah, I'm, totally. I'm a big fan of that idea. I think that'd be great. Um, but it's, yeah, think, nice and simple. I think part of the problem with that is like you'd have to worry about the price. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that's it. Like, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I, I don't know which artifacts exactly I would, I'd stick in there, but I think 
I don't know, maybe you maybe you would drop the walking blister and the hangerback walker and just have chromatic land and arcane dignity for a while. Yeah, that would be sweet. $29.99, $39.99. Whatever they want to do with pricing, that's not my it's not my job. I'm just designing the product. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, designing the product also isn't your job, but Exactly. <laughs> I mean, These are cool ideas. I like yeah, I like it. That sounds like a really sweet one. Cool. What have you got up next then? So next one I would do Secret Lair Aldrazi. Ooh. Where you just prove <laughs> I told, you they were getting, I told you they were getting worse. You just reprint Eldrazi. Sure. And this follows the same ones. A- any of them in, in particular? Yeah, or you, just you, just all of them? You follow the, I mean, you could do like the Titans one, right? You could like print new, a new Emrakul, new Lamarck, and new Kazalank yeah. in like a three pack, like with sweet art, maybe like a panoramic art would look really cool. Like some, That would be, yeah, a panoramic art would be fantastic of the three Titans. Yeah, the three new versions of the Titans I think would be really sweet, just in like one one pack. Um, Here's a cool idea as well. Sorry to just just totally hijack your train, but um, yeah. So the the secret layer box, you know, the, like the black box that comes in. Yeah. What if that was like designed rather than black, like all of the others, but it has like a, like the bismuth waste design on it? Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. 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 I mean, that would require extra printing, extra cost, so they probably wouldn't do it. But yes. <laughs> and they paid the skimping costs on the actual printing of the cards anyway, so. Hey, like if they can put five fetch lines in a huge special premium box, then they can they can throw a little love to the Kozilek fans. <laughs> All three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you could do like the um, over the Gatewatch Eldrazi, right? You put like a yeah. four here and a Reality Smasher and a um, Matter Reshaper, just in a in a pack. Yeah, that would be sweet. And you buy four of them, and you just have most of a modern or legacy Eldrazi deck. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the kind of thing that. I, these are the ones I think work. You don't print them in foil. You just print all arts for the people that want them for their constructed decks. Yeah. And those are the ones you. Oh can... yeah. N- none of mine are in foil, by the way. <laughs> I, th- I think that. Sh- I think there should be an option. Like, when you purchase them, you should just should be able to choose at checkout. Like, do you want foil or not foil? There are so many that I would have like. I mean, the Godzilla lands. If the Godzilla lands weren't foil, I would purchase them. But I'm not going to because they're foil. I'm never going to play them. Yeah, because they're aimed at commander players, and commander players don't care about whether their cards warp or not. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter to them in terms of paper legality. So, I guess that's you. That, that's the difference between printing them in foil and non-foil. Is yeah, that you print, true. I was thinking, you, you print the cat one in foil, but you print the dredge one in non-foil. Because you know your market, right? Yeah. You know, you know who you're trying to sell to, <laughs> and you know that you have a problem with foil cards because you can't print them correctly. The fact that some of them are foil and some of them are non-foil means they know that their cards are bad. <laughs> and they, but they're still going to capitalise on that because they know that people like me don't particularly care if their, you know, old art Marin of Clan on top is warped or not. Yeah, because it just fair. sits in a sleeve outside of my deck. Yeah, but I think a, some kind of new treatment on the Eldrazi would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I think they like doing Eldrazi, but they just they can't put them in a standard set again, otherwise people will kick off. So I think printing them in some kind of supplementary product would be a sweet way to do it. Yeah, and you just print a pack of like Eldrazi that people want, either the three Titans or the little ones from I forget which. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Sweet. What's your next one? Uh, my next one is Hall of Fame. So this one is legendary creature reprints with magic pro player faces. See, yours are much cooler than mine. Mine are just like things they probably. <laughs> I also spent less time thinking about them than you did, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I mean, mine, mine are just like, oh, they'll probably just reprint one with lightning bolt and lava spike in it at some point. Oh, they'll probably reprint Embrical at some point. And yours are like, what if we did this nonsense off the wall thing that people would actually enjoy? Yeah. We'll see, we'll see. 
So, my legendary creature reprints with magic pro player faces. Uh, first up, we have Teferi, Mage of Zalfir, and Teferi has Gabriel Nassif's face. That is for, because Gabriel Nassif is, is a very well-loved, famed magic pro player. Teferi could have his yellow hat on, uh, but he's also the Time Mage, and everyone knows that Gabriel Nassif loves to be, play with time a bit, doesn't he? I guess so, yeah. He's a bit of a temporal master. I didn't realise he's gone into this much depth. Oh, yeah. Excellent. It's very good. It's very good. I'm a fan. Cool. So first up, obviously, you gave Nassif there. Next up, we have Niv Mizzet Reborn for your, your dragon-loving commander players. It's five colours, so great. Everyone, you can play whatever cards you want in your commander deck. Is that Niv also Gabnassif? It is not Gabnassif, no. <laughs> Niv Mizzet is Brian Gibbler. It's the dragon master. Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Okay, cool. I'm into these. And then third up, so last up, because obviously you're only going to have three in a secret layer, aren't you? Uh, we have the Locust God with Louis Scott Vargas's face. Because? Uh, because Channel Fireball did some amazing uh, Louis Scott Vargas insect tokens. And now you've got a commander where you can use those insect tokens all the time. But those are those are for Zoni. They're black green. They are. But they can also be for LSV Locust God. Also, if you're going to talk about things that Channel Fireball have done where they put like Luis's face onto magic cards, then surely LSV is the way to go, right? Yeah, quite probably. You, yeah, you have additional, but it's just LSV's weird mutated face onto it. <laughs> you could, but, but, picture the Locust God with LSV's weird mutated face on it. <laughs> Producing black green insect tokens that don't yeah, have flying yeah. lights, sure. Yeah, it's a flavour win. <laughs> it's a flavour miss in so many ways. <laughs> I like that idea a lot, that's really, really good. And again, yeah, it's a, it's... a way for them to actually celebrate the people that you know make their game. In the same way the art, yeah. like an artist one would be sweet in celebrating those people. Like, you know, instead of just giving people like a 30-minute interview and then putting a two-minute clip of it on Twitter... You could actually, you know, make them part of the game in the in the same way. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got the uh, invitational cards and you've got your fervent champion, right? But doing like a yeah, cool, definitely like, a cool special way to recognise like like Hall of Famers specifically. Yeah, it'd be sweet and show that actually care about the Hall of Fame in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah. Sweet, right? Oh, sweet. Blow mine out. Cool. What, what have you got next up? And uh, okay, the last one that I have is is Secret Lair, Big Bads. Ooh, nice. What what is Secret Lair Big Bad? So you just have all the all the bad guys from Magic's history, right? Uh, and like nice. one product. Like that origin set was gonna be. Yeah, exactly. So you have like you have a Nickel Bottles card. Yeah. And you intentionally pick the worst Nickel Bottles that no one wants to play because that's how Secret Lairs work. And then you have an Emrakul. Yeah. And then you have a Garrick Apex Predator. Yeah. And then you have uh, a Tesseract card. Yeah. And you just put them all in one in one little product. Cool. And all the commander players will buy them. And you could like do like a profile of all the characters in, in yeah, the box of the secret card. And no one would read it and immediately throw it away because they got a foil version of Emrakul and Baldus and Garrick and Tesseract for like thirty dollars. Yeah. I like big bards and I cannot lie. Oh my god. Are you intent on doing this every episode? Not every episode, but it fits with the Secret Lair theme. <laughs> They've got to have their, their crazy names. That's that's very true. They probably would do that, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I've given all of all of mine name, apart from Grim Tutor. <laughs> They've all had different names so far. Secret Lair, this is Grim Tutor. Enjoy your yeah. Grim Tutor. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> no, okay. But see this thing. I've I've gone for ones that I can conceivably see them doing. Yeah. And then you've just gone one for ones that are like cool. I've just been inside for too long. <laughs> yeah. These are just things that go through your head anyway. So you thought yeah. we might as well make a podcast episode out of it. Yeah, pretty I mean, much. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's worked well so far. Cool. What, Sweet. What's what's your next one? Uh, so my next one is uh, very much like explosion sounds. This one is called loud screeching. Okay. And this is this is a very simple one that they're probably just going to do at some point. Uh, this is all of the Phyrexian Praetors written in Phyrexian. That yeah, that's that's great. Like the Elish non judge promo. Yeah, yeah. Um, it great. it that's just great. makes makes sense. They're absolutely. I mean, I say they're absolutely going to do it. I feel like. If yeah, if I had to predict like any of these to actually come true, I think this one's the most likely. Uh, yeah, like everybody loves that that Elish Norn Judge promo. It would be really cool to see all of the Vifrex and Praetors done in that style, and this is the way they could do it. Um, yeah, I just think it's a bit of a no-brainer. I think they should just print more cards in Phyrexian, just generally. Yeah, I think they look really sweet, and it's it's a really good, good like promotional premium thing to put on a card to make it more desirable. Yeah, maybe they will in the future. Like once we inevitably get the next set with Phyrexians, like if if booster fun and um, collector boosters are still a thing, then maybe like the showcase frame will be like the cards in Phyrexian. You just said booster fun. You remember yep. that like that booster pack product that we talked about on a podcast recently, where you like open packs and like build a tiny sealed deck out of like two or three packs. Like, j- jumpstart. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when we, when that was a thing. Jumpstart. Yeah. Yeah, it's still going to be a thing. Uh, it's just been delayed because of the virus. It's just, it just feels like that was about three years ago. Yeah. At this point, like I can't remember any of these things that keep coming up. <laughs> My God. Yeah. So we're talking about all these secret layers. People still haven't received their their uh, Theros card ones. Some people still haven't received their Year of the Rat ones. Really. Yeah. And I mean, we can. We can blame the current global situation. Oh yeah, that. no, definitely. But also, they probably should have arrived before that all started. Yeah, right. <laughs> you you think so? At least like with this new wave from Godzilla onwards, they've got a facility to uh, fulfil European distribution. So at least for those living in Europe and the UK, then that'll be a bit easier. I think my best idea for a secret layer is just secret layer get fucked with. You don't get to choose the cards, and then a delivery driver turns up at your house with some screwed up magic cards, throws them in your face, and then punches you. Because <laughs> that's generally how the secret layer feels a lot of the time. Sure. Yeah. Is that the cynicism yeah. you're looking for? Uh, I mean, it'll do. It'll certainly do. I can come up with worse if you want. <laughs> a what's no, employee turns up at your house and takes a dump on your doorstep and then leaves. <laughs> And the, the, then <laughs> just, just Mark, Mark Rosewater, I'm pulling into your driveway, <laughs> and just and just squats, yeah. <laughs> and then and then if you leave it for longer than five minutes in any kind of humid area, the turd starts to curl up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. See, I need to get some well, content out this. Absolutely. I I do have one more secret layer. Is it as good as know, if secret you had a layer, Mark Rosewater drives to your house and takes a dump on your drive? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But did you have it? Have another one before we move on to my final one? Uh, no, I think I'm all out. <laughs> uh, my final one doesn't have doesn't have a fun fancy name, but it's just a single force of will with no Therese Nielsen art. That's the best one. 
Yeah, that's the best. Save one. the best to last. That's that's a great one. Just just a single force of will. No Therese Nielsen art. Affordable for most players. Yeah. What a great what a great thing that would be. Yeah. You just maybe you pay like a hundred dollars for a place at a force of wills that don't have Therese Nielsen art on them. Yeah, I'd do that. I would one thousand percent. That's a nice that's a nice note note to end on, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I thought I'd say say the best to last. Then. It'd be nice if they were printing old cards that people that could afford them, and then also stopped printing art of uh, a horrible person on them. Yeah, yeah, nice. Strong agree. Cool. So yeah, I think it's a bit of a bit of a different one this week. A bit of a, a strange one. Uh, I've I've had a lot of coffee. I haven't had a lot of outside time. I don't really know what day <laughs> I it miss is. Outside I think, time. Yeah, I miss. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I miss the world. I don't, I mean, I do, I think, I don't know, I don't really like to think about things, or I'm able to really think about things a lot, I think, I think I've definitely, definitely cracked a bit, and I'm very aware that it's showing, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a, take a step back, I think, while you take us into the outro. You want me to do the outro? Yeah, why not? Because I can't do this. Right, you know that episode where I I was the host for one episode? Yeah. Do you know why we haven't got back to that, Joe? (laughs) Do you want me to find the recording of me saying "Welcome to Alveolar Station" a thousand times? <laughs> oh no, no, I remember please, that. Okay, I, I'm back. Let's, let's do, do this. this. No one needs this. <laughs> so on that note, I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. I said a bit of a shorter one this week, but if, if you've enjoyed anything, please let us know on social media. Let us know what your secret layers would be. Let us know what your IP would be. Come check out my uh, my wrestlers as planeswalkers. Twitter thread, I guess. Uh, you can hit us up on social media. On Twitter, we are at hrfdcast, facebook.com slash hrfdcast. Or if for some reason you've really enjoyed anything you've, you've heard in today's episode and want to give it back to us in any monetary way. Don't say it like that. <laughs> if for some reason you've enjoyed any of the ramblings, someone might have. <laughs> I hope so. I certainly have, and that's what counts, right? Absolutely. If you do want to give back in any monetary way, you can hit us up on Patreon. We are patreon.com slash devastation where tiers start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. You can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher, apparently. If you want to go to one of those platforms and leave us a review or a comment or a rating or just anything at all, we'd really appreciate it because it helps us get out to more people. Or just tell someone that you know about the fact that we've talked about curling Mark Rosewater turds and Alan Partridge. Because that's, that's engaging and compelling content, right? Yeah, t- tell Tom Donaldson. <laughs> please end the podcast I'm going to have to listen back to this when I edit and I don't want to <laughs> if you want to find me on my own personal social media on Twitter I am at peachgardenoaf that's over with an F at facebook.com I am Joe Loudon you can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups I'll be talking probably about companions um, or I, I don't know come find me come find me let's get weird uh, if you want to find me on Twitch, I stream there fairly regularly, twitch.tv slash Oath, and I'm also making content on YouTube over at peachgardenoaf. So yeah, come come say hi, come check out my videos, let's have a good time. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Neil69. Nice. Thank you, and nowhere else, because I still have a full-time job I have to go to every day, and when I'm not doing that, <clears throat> instead of capitalising on the time, I'm playing World of Warcraft in my pants. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> that is all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next time on Hour of Devastation. Next time? Yeah.